Um, quick show of hands, who's still awake? Brilliant. Hands down, not from you guys, just from lunch. <laughs> you guys were brilliant. Lunch was heavy. Who's still asleep? Joker, good. Um, so how, how many of you here have, have heard of Cancer Research UK? The kind of this show of hands? Do you want to um, kind of give you a little bit of, of background about cancer research? So the organization itself is, is over 100 years old, can trace its roots back to over 100 years. Um, and the, the, thing, the thing with the, with the organization is that in the 1970s, if you were unlucky enough to um, be diagnosed with cancer, your outlook wasn't great. Um, only one in four people would, would survive uh, cancer. Now, if you fast forward to 2010, um, half the people survive longer than, than 10 years. We have an ambition that um, within the next 20 years, so by uh, 2034, three in four people will, sub will survive cancer. Now, that is a massive ambition. Um, and we're doing it through a lot of different ways. Um, this, is, this is from our annual report. Uh, you're not drunk, it's just blurry. <laughs> but the things we're doing, uh, last, last year alone, um, 25,000 people took part in our clinical trials to, to try out new types of drugs. Uh, we fund over 4,000 nurses, scientists, doctors, people who are on the front line or, or researching new ways of, of, of uh, curing cancer or helping with a diagnosis, things like that. Over, over 40,000 people volunteer their time just to make a difference to either working in one of our shops, to, to give time at one of our events. Um, and we have one million one-off one donations by, by the general public every year. So that, that leads to um, roughly over, over half a billion pounds worth of, of income every year. So we're a big charity within the UK. We don't have as much spending power as our friends in DFID do, but we, we do have a lot of money. And we have a, an obligation to the people who give us that cash that we spend it in, in, the, in the best <coughs> way possible. Now, we, we, we have this term which is called our contribution. So uh, if, you're, if you're a commercial business, you'd, you'd call it a profit, but our, our contribution is for every pound that a member of the public gives to us, we can only use 20 pence of that to try and raise the next pound. So we have to make sure that everything we're doing is absolutely right. Now, I'd like to take you down a little trip down memory lane. Um, this is the building uh, Lincoln Inn Field. This is one of our first research institutes, which is being built in the 1950s. Um, when it comes to technology at Cancer Research, what used to happen, and in some cases still does happen, is a person in the business would come up with an idea, and you may all recognize this, I've got an idea, I want a thing. Uh, and that thing will be a website, it'll be an artifact, it'll be something that they, they definitely know they want to do. Uh, they'll then go to a business analyst, and the business analyst will gather all their requirements and go, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and you'll get this list of all these requirements, maybe three, four hundred requirements. Those may be Moscow-rated, you know, must, should, could. There's never a won't. It's weird, that. Um, a business case is written. You look at a total cost issue for five years. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of going through things, the reasons why we're, we're moving to lean. Um, also, things would happen would say, I need a shop. Uh, X team's got a shop. Our shops could have to be slightly different. We, we, we're special. Or X team's timelines don't match our timelines. We have, to, um, we have to have ours two weeks earlier or three weeks hence or whatever. So there's lots of duplicate functionality, lots and lots of places where there's just a, a waste. Um, I hope if you do donate to Cancer Research, you're not 
thinking of stopping that donation. This is with, we're making ourselves better, okay? Um, and, and, and things that would be built, they'd be thrown over the fence, support teams have to support it, P businesses would go, oh, you didn't build me the right thing, that's the one project that failed, blah, 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 blah. So we thought, this is silly, we need to kind of come up with some building blocks, some foundation functionality that is, if you're putting on an event, use this one registration process. If you're, if you're fundraising, use this one fundraising process. We need to rationalize all the things that we've got. We had five different shops. So we rationalized all these five different shops down into one shop. And that team we, we created, um, the, the, the digital product team, Annie's a part of. So she's going to talk through her story around how we went and approached building an online fundraising platform. Cool. Thank you. So um, two years ago, when this, all of this, let's say, started, I was managing the online fundraising product, as Ben has just told you. Um, but today, I don't want to delve into the detail of my product or what I tested, how I tested. I want to talk about how I use this product development opportunity to get people comfortable with the lean principles at Cancer Research UK and maybe start adopting it. Um, so let's just start with um, one step at a time. I've heard a few speakers say, start small, think big, but start small. I think we mean um, pretty much the same. Um, it doesn't make much sense. It's not very lean to say the least to try and change the whole organization at once. Um, it's unlikely that there is a recipe or um, a by-the-book way of implementing or getting your teams to operate in a lean way. So start testing and let your teams run with the, the testing. That, that will help you uh, find what the barriers are for adoption and maybe come up with a plan to tackle those, uh, those problems. But one step at a time also means picking something that you're passionate about. That's something that you're willing to go the extra mile for because that will be necessary. I know I said I didn't want to go into the detail of my, delve into the detail of my product, but I think a minimal background is necessary. So I knew at the time that we're starting this, that people engage with our cause, that our cause matters to them. I knew they take part in events and get sponsored for doing so. I knew they fundraise offline and online. So I was not trying to learn any of this, but my assumption was that we didn't have the best business strategy in place for the online fundraising um, product. And I wanted to um, test this and find out whether we should be doing something differently. Uh, but So the, this was my one thing that I was really passionate about and willing to go the extra mile for. So how should I go about testing all of this? How should I put my assumptions to test? Um, at that time, at Cancer Research UK of that time, Getting the green light to start testing something uh, meant presenting a business case. And presenting a business case means, well, being able to demonstrate that there is value in something. But how would I demonstrate value in that if I was not even sure of the value myself? I had assumptions, nothing else, no evidence whatsoever. So what I did at that time, I lied, pretty much. Uh, well, let's say it not, was not a lie, it was a half-truth. Um, I reached out to the, I knew that the innovation team at that time had got approval to um, run a new campaign, test a new campaign. They went through all those approval steps, including uh, the famous business case, and they were ready to start 
um, testing and looking for a team to help them deliver it. I'm also a product owner, so I said, well, I can help you deliver this campaign to test this idea, but you're gonna have to let me use uh, part of the resource and this opportunity to help me test this new business model for the online fundraising platform. And they were on board because um, they understood what I was trying to do. So that brings me on to the next point, finding the right partners. Um, it was crucial to get the innovation um, pals on board at that point, to get to use the opportunity that they had to develop something, to use that to test what I was doing, what I was willing to test. So finding the right partners, um, I think, is one of the ways um, forward. Uh, could be, think about what you're trying to test, what you need to learn. Sorry, I think I'm in front of you all the time. I just realized it. <laughs> um, so uh, think about what you're trying to learn and what you're gonna need to run the test that will help you learn that. An engineer to put that, that landing page or any onboarding journey, maybe, the marketing guy to help you run a campaign to test appetite for an idea, or the CRM specialist who's got access to the customer database um, to hand you a list of users who you could get in touch with. So think about what you're trying to test and who can help you test that. It's also, I think, really important to have a strong sponsor, someone who gets the value um, of um, validation, someone who can back you if things go south, because sometimes there will. Um, and maybe, I don't know, you guys, some of you, are these sponsors. So if you are these sponsors, um, find early adopters in your teams. Um, um, find who is willing to take risks and change the, the way things are done and help them, um, support them, give them what they need to start testing this. At the very least, if everything goes wrong, at the very least you learn what the barriers are, they will hit the wall really soon, um, and that will help you understand what are the obstacles to adopting Lean in your um, organization. So when we are doing this, um, other teams at the uh, digital team mainly started uh, running um, experiments and developing products in a very um, similar way, and we were learning from each other at that point. Um, and at, that, at the same time, structural changes were taking place that would help us in the future um, deliver more value, um, customer-centric value, and go faster. Yeah, um, so this was an animation. Imagine this is animating in. Oh. Um, so what we were doing was we realized that lean way of working was, was great, but we needed a way of kind of taking that out into the organization and helping kind of train and upskill and give them the, the right tools that they needed to do. So we came up with this hub and spoke model. Um, so in, in the center, we have the core capabilities, um, the products, the things that people can, can pick up on. We have also what we call practice leads. So people who are experts in a certain thing, whether that's quality assurance, security, content, analytics. Um, and they're, they're, they're across both the digital team and the kind of what we <coughs> would be called the tech and change team, which is a traditional IT team. Um, and then we also work with proposition managers who are kind of change agents who go out into the business and help and, and work with them to understand their problems, say, how would you approach this slightly differently? Can you test something and, and come up with a hypothesis first rather than let's spend 400,000 pounds on a marketing campaign? Not that much money, I'm over-exaggerating. Um, so that, that's what we're, we're, trying, we're, we're working with next. Um, so 
these are kind of some things that we've uh, we've come up with to, to help you do it if you've taken so your home Yeah, one step at a time, again, just recapping. Stay under the radar. I think staying under the radar, it's really difficult to get the balance between sharing and moving fast, bringing people along and cracking on. I think maybe that's one of the things that we could talk about um, after answering questions. But I think when you're getting started in the very beginning and um, recapping or um, referring back to what Sonia was um, talking about yesterday, when you are in the ad hoc phase of adoption, you have to um, brave it. And sometimes it means just go on and do what needs to be done until you're able to um, prove, demonstrate that there is value in that approach. Because until you're able to demonstrate value, what you have is an opinion or you think that you should be doing things in this way and someone else thinks that you should be doing it another way and it's gonna be your opinion versus someone else's opinion. So until you are able to share results, even the results are, oh, we did everything went wrong with this and it's not the right way of doing it, we should be doing it differently. So until you have that to share, until you're able to demonstrate results, I would say stay undercover, um, crack on, move as fast as you can, and don't worry about telling everyone everything that you were doing. For example, with um, the, um, the campaign with the innovation team, I say that we lied because no one knew that I was using that uh, campaign to test some of my assumptions. The official line was that, well, we are just uh, uh, delivering this campaign for the innovation team. But at the end, I was able to say, well, look, during this um, delivery, we are able to test this, this, and this assumptions using this and this experiments. And we now know that we should be moving this way. So in the very beginning, I'd say do it this way. When you're able to make the case for lean adoption in other teams across organization, start sharing the results. Um, and the, the final two things is train people, upskill them, give, give them the right, the right um, learnings and tools they need to, to do things. Also, trust and empowerment is incredibly difficult to do. It's incredibly difficult to let go. It's, it's also difficult, you need to also create a safe space, like we called an, an island of sanity, but if you're going out into an organization and trying to help people to adopt these things, they're gonna get frustrated. You talk about crawl, walk, run. If you, if you remember back to when you learned to walk, and I'm sure all of you can, um, you, you crawl and then you walk, and then you fall over, and then you crawl a bit, and then you walk a bit, and then you, so don't think that it's gonna be a waterfall process to this adoption as well. Um, and finally, uh, here's a picture of a boy looking over a fence. Thank you. Can everyone hear me? Everyone, yes, sorry, yep, there we go. So we have a little under five minutes for a few questions, and uh, I'd love to, to get to the point that, that Annie was bringing up, but first, uh, as we have a crowd full of, uh, I guess, a quick show of hands, corporate innovators out there who's working at a large corporate right now? Yep, pretty big, pretty big corporate crowd. Um, so I'd like to, to open up a question, maybe if we could start with the folks at DFID. Um, you know, based on your work in the public sector, what do you think that there, you know, what are the best practices that you think the private sector could really benefit from learning? Benefit from us? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> uh, well, that's a bit of an unfair question because we're a little bit behind the private sector. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, I guess that, you know, we have this sort of added um, requirement to validate uh, impact. And I think what that does, I think, 
is uh, it kind of uh, puts emphasis on the, the sort of scientific, uh, the opposite of vanity metrics, I would mm -hmm. say, uh, the sort of scientific and rigorous approach to validating your assumptions. So, um, you know, that's not something new to learn, but I think that, that for me, that's the interesting piece that we have here. We have this sort of rigorous world, and then we have this lean startup piece, and I think that coming together of those two things. Mm -hmm. And then, um, yeah, I mean, I think, wouldn't it be great to see more impact, more businesses with impact at their core? But that's just a, a, a personal I'm, I'm interest. I'm glad <laughs> to that. Just the, the, the thing that we were talking about a bit yesterday was, um, I'm a real newbie to the public sector. And the thing that I thought was really quite refreshing when I first came into it was the level of collaboration between different actors. And so typically in the private sector, because it's a very competitive space, people kind of hold on to their ideas and, uh, and don't share and don't consider their contemporaries as collaborators. And actually coming into the public sector and thinking about how can we move the whole sector forward? And if people share and kind of adopt our thinking, not being like, oh, they beat us to it, but that's awesome. You know, that, that kind of collaborative spirit, I think, is, is far greater in the public sector. Yeah, absolutely. I think that that's actually a, a quite an effectual principle where we, mm -hmm. we kind of value partnership over competition, especially when we're trying to bring ideas to market. Uh, it can actually help us uh, limit the false positives and the false negatives. Uh, so th thank you. Yeah, yeah I was just going to say there's something about, you know, if you think about what we're trying to do with our work, there's something about the urgency and the sense of significance mm -hmm. with mm -hmm. what we're trying to do that kind of necessitates, you know, people coming together and trying to solve problems. Doesn't mean we get it right, uh, always or as often as we like, but I think there is something there about that real passion, mm -hmm. purpose-driven passion to, to what we're doing that kind of creates slightly different behaviors to what you might see in the public sector. Mm. Absolutely, awesome. Well, then maybe we have uh, time for probably one more question, a little under two minutes here, but maybe for the folks at, at uh, Cancer Research UK. You, know, you talked about kind of the, the, nice, the nice picture, as it were, and, and uh, you know, often uh, as innovators, we, we do two things. We, we build products as innovation, and we're also building innovation as a product. And so uh, maybe if you could talk to some of the challenges that you saw in, in specifically building innovation as a product, building innovation capacity within the organization, uh, that would be great. Um, I mean, <laughs> It, it was, it was it's hard for us because people want to see the cake before they've even chosen the ingredients. And they want to know it's the right cake. Um, and so, like Annie was saying, that she, she kind of, she, she went away and did it without permission. And I think if, if one, one thing that we didn't do well enough as we did that was we didn't take the rest of the organization on our journey. Um, so, yeah, I think that that's, it's, it's a, it's it's a it's a difficult thing to get right because you 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 want to know, are, am I am I doing the right thing? Am I you know is my product the right thing? Is my is the team that we're building to 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 foster innovation are they doing the right thing? But also you want to exude the confidence to say yep yep absolutely we are doing the right thing and and be able to fail at the same time it's it's tricky. In getting it right, the right balance is the challenge. So I think sometimes you have to just move fast and. I, I strongly, I do believe in collaboration strongly, but I think sometimes you just have to get it done. But other times it's really, it's really important that you bring people along in the journey. So what's the right balance? What's the right time of, okay, now I'm gonna engage everyone or this lot of people and, or now I'm gonna just do it and demonstrate that there is value in doing it so that they can buy into what I'm doing. Uh, so. I think there's a 
there's a proverb that we've been talking about in the organization recently, which is, if you want to go fast, go alone, but if you want to go far, go together. And I think that's what we, we, we need to do, is, is try to do that, try and take everybody on together. Awesome. Great. Well, I think that's, uh, that is just about our time. Um, so I guess to, to just to close quickly, I think, you know, as, as, we, as the economy around us is changing and, and we're, we're sort of moving from a, an area of can we build this to should we build this, uh, I think this is a really important messages to understand and, and understanding that innovation for impact, for social impact is, is out there and, and thriving. So thank you very much for sharing your stories. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you.